0: 2020 has been a wild year, to put it mildly, including Major League Baseball, the Universal DH, the three batter minimum, that was going to happen anyway, runners on second to start extra innings, and the seven-inning doubleheader. Not to mention, expanded rosters, alternate campsites, and taxi squads. Uh, you know what? I have a sneaky suspicion that baseball will forever be changed and you know what it has nothing to do with the pandemic that and more because i just like the duck a baltimore orioles podcast So this could be a long one, and uh, most likely we'll cut it off and, and just make it a series. We'll, uh, we'll come back next week or whenever I have time, and as randomly as I release these, uh, we'll keep talking. But uh, look, the CBA for the Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association is looking to expire. Uh, by all accounts, the ugliness that we saw when the players... Union was looking to negotiate with the owners during the 2020 season. It was just a nightmare scenario and really just a sneak peek of what's going to happen with the collective bargaining agreement that expires in 2021. All indications, my best guess, uh, another strike. Uh, I just can't see a path forward uh, for the two parties to come to an agreement. They're just so far apart on on where they want to be. Look, back in 1994, the players went on strike because the owners wanted to mandate a salary cap. And look, to be quite honest, they found a way around that. And and that's going to bring us to our first topic of discussion today. Is the luxury tax a salary cap? Well, yes and no. Yes, in the sense that many teams want to avoid the additional cost, which Incentivizes them to stay under a spending line, uh, and no, in the sense that all teams are not created equal, like we see in football, like we see in basketball, hockey, all of that. Now that being said, you still, you know, just because every team gets the same amount of money, look what the Patriots are able to do with that same pile of money. You're still able to build dynasties, even through a salary cap situation. But that's really not what I want to talk about. I want to stay uh, tasked on the luxury tax. Uh, The idea of a salary cap from the ownership side is really to contain costs. Not They don't care about competitive balance. However, the owners have found other ways to contain costs, most likely through collusion, uh, some could argue. Uh, But really, there's just no longer a need for salary cap as it was previously discussed back in 94. Teams can't pay draft picks whatever they want. Um, Teams can't pay Latin American players whatever they want. Japan or Korean players, there's a limit unless a player is essentially a vet. These are all ways in which uh, the league has structured it such that uh, there's no need for a salary cap. There's limits on how much each team can spend. Uh, Minor league players essentially get paid peanuts. They actually went to Congress and approved that. Uh, They don't have to pay any of the development costs of these players up until the point that they reach the major leagues. Um, They also went out there and just simply cut a lot of the minor league teams. Uh, We'll have a whole discussion on that coming up, but essentially going from 160 to 120 teams. Wow. That's a big chunk of players that are no longer getting paid, even though they weren't getting paid that much, but also Uh, coaching staff, personnel, trainers, everything else that goes with uh, the associated resources for managing baseball players. And then it comes to the, uh, you know, the idea of free agents. Look, they really just kind of stopped paying free agents. In this new world of sabermetrics, data analytics, uh, it was, you know, clear for them to see that, hey, why would I pay an Adam Jones when I can simply bring up an Austin Hayes and a Cedric Mullins. That just makes more cost-beneficial sense. Not only that, uh, the the war differential is not going to be that great. Uh, And then it also goes into the whole fact of, you know, hey, plus we're in a rebuilding process. Why would I sign a free agent, which typically is going to mandate a multi-year deal previously, six, seven years, upwards of 10 years that we sometimes see, when look, by the time these guys get to be free agents, they're past their prime. They're now 31, 32 years old. Why on earth am I going to pay that much money for a guy who's on the downhill of his career? So look, Back in 1994, the owners really tried to demand a salary cap, and that led to a player's strike. And ultimately, the owners caved because they, they started to see some of the ways that they could really cut costs and make sure that this was beneficial for them. So based on the, above, on the cost-cutting tools that we talked about, the owners really increased profits you know, for, now again, 2020 with exception, uh, baseball has, has been pretty lucrative for the owners, while the players' salaries roughly stayed the same since that same period. Uh, when you look at the average salary of players, uh, it, it's essentially been maintaining. While the teams, now again, uh, a lot of this they you know, contend to, especially this year in this 2020 negotiation as they were trying to figure out how to play a truncated season, said, oh look, it's, it's really not as lucrative as you think it is. And then of course, uh, the pandemic comes. So when we're moving into 2021 for negotiations, all of these things are going to come into play. The owners are going to say, look, no ticket revenue, no parking revenue, no concession stand revenue. Hey, you know those concerts that we used to have when you guys were out of town? That's gone. Events that we used to host while you guys were out of town or during the offseason, that's gone. Not only that, TV ratings went down. Uh, which really kind of blew my mind, but uh, as a baseball fan, I just assumed that everybody that was watching before would be eagerly watching again, but that really didn't happen. The TV ratings went down, and, and possibly that's just a symptom of uh, the way that we capture data regarding TV ratings. More people are watching through an iPad or on a computer, and yes, uh, the blackout uh, issue with Major League Baseball causes a huge problem. And again, as it becomes more and more accessible, more and more people seek pirated broadcasts to watch these games. Not only that, and then last but not least, merchandising went down. Not the same amount of people are buying t-shirts, hats, jerseys, everything else. One could argue that it's uh, a result of the economy being tightened a little bit. But also, when you're not going to games, you don't need a new jersey to wear. Do I need my, my my Ryan Mountcastle jersey to to go out to the ballpark or you know what I'll just keep wearing my old Manny Machado. Uh who's to laugh at me? But uh but you know what there was more money in expanded playoffs. Uh not only that, a whole lot of le- uh, less money spent on drafted players instead of the crazy 40 rounds that the Major League Baseball Usually has it was reduced down to five rounds, uh, and those minor league baseball teams that we talked about they were canceled. They really didn't get paid at all. Now there was a whole um, you know boohoo stories of minor league baseball players that weren't getting paid uh, anything at all, and major league baseball said, oh we'll we'll, we'll pay you a little bit, but you know uh, you know cash is tight right now. But really, uh, there was little to no costs uh, that were allocated to the minor league baseball teams. Speaking of minor league baseball, uh, major league baseball just absorbed them. So what does that mean? Well, minor league baseball is, is really only about the players, coaches, trainers, and, and those personnel. The stadiums are actually owned by typically individuals, but some LLCs, we see some smaller groups that are out there uh, buying up multiple minor league teams uh, they're typically not affiliated uh, with the major league program that they support. So so no one really owns a minor league baseball team. You own the park, and then you sign an agreement with a, a major league baseball team that can expire or be revoked. Uh, as we just talked about, we're seeing that a lot of teams, for example, uh, we'll get the, to this here in a minute, but the uh, Aberdeen Ironbirds. So I, I did pull out this quote Uh, You, as a minor league team owner, are responsible for front office personnel, sharing the expenses of bats, balls, transportation, and most importantly, supplying a stadium that meets approved standards. Essentially, Major League Baseball provides the team, and you provide everything else. So, really that just means that for... Oh, so as we look at the reduction in minor league baseball teams, again, from 160, base, major league baseball wants to get that down to about 120. So that means about four affiliated minor league baseball teams per organization. For the Baltimore Orioles, the AAA Norfolk Tides, the AA uh, Bowie Bay Sox, we've got High A, Low A, plus the team-owned and operated rookie leagues, uh, and the Dominican Summer League teams, will still go on. Those are actually owned by the team. So missing out for the Orioles is the Aberdeen Ironbirds, which is the uh, short season A-League. Coincidentally, that's the team that's owned by Cal Ripken himself. Uh, And I think it's like Cal Ripken LLC. Uh, So if Major League Baseball wants to get a better... uh, And and that's one of the things that, that by contracting the amount of teams... Major League Baseball wants to have a better geographic fit. I think the model that they really like is with uh, the Baltimore Orioles, where you have all of the teams in an area. You get to know the teams. You get to know the players. Unlike the Dodgers, who have the Oklahoma City Dodgers in Oklahoma and the Tulsa Drillers up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A bit crazy from a geographic perspective there. Uh, but let, let's let's kind of get back to the owners specifically. One thing that I wanted to kind of harp on, and, and will probably be a reoccurring theme in this discussion, but this idea of a rebuilding process, and of course, this is you know close to our hearts as Orioles fans because we keep hearing about it and we keep putting this faith in it. But but what really is it? And it's a process by which a team foregoes money spent on free agent. Reduces the number of talented players to be called up in an attempt to manipulate their service time, and really an effort to tank an entire season in order to secure a high draft pick and more international signing money. So, right, the Orioles finish last, second to last, you know, anywhere in the bottom five, they're going to get one, you know, a top five draft pick, more international signing money and you know we brought over Michael Elias from the Houston Astros organization because that was the model to follow but when we look at that all we really know is that the Astros really sucked for about 3 4 years and now they're really good and again it wasn't just because they tanked and that's what drives me crazy with Orioles fans let's let's go back to when they're losing really what was horrible starting back when they I think, finished last in 2011. Well, in 2012, their number one draft choice, number one overall, was Carlos Carrera. Obviously, that has paid off in spades. In 2013, they again had the very worst record, uh, had the number one draft pick, and chose Mark Appel. Does that ring a bell with anybody? I had to go look it up. And essentially, he flopped and he's out of baseball. Okay, you get a bad one every now and then. In 2014, they again had the number one pick and took Brady Aiken. Anybody out there know who that is? No, nope. He was essentially unsigned uh, and is still has yet to make his major league debut. Now in 2015, the Houston Astros did slightly better. Uh, they weren't the dead last team, but they were second to last and had the number two pick and used that on Alex Bregman. So from 2012 to 2015, where they had one, two, three, four, you know, one or two pick number one or number two picks, and they came away with Carlos Carrera and Alex Bregman, obviously two great players. Now, that's not the only thing that that builds a team, and, and it, yes, a lot of people like to talk about, well, that's the way the Astros did it, and that's the way the Cubs did it, but it was also done with big free agent signings. And of course, we can see the number one picks don't always work out. But there's a lot of other pieces. It's Tanking, I think, is just so detrimental for baseball. And, and here's, my, here's my definitive statement. Rebuilding is tanking. Rebuilding is bad for baseball. There is no counter argument. When you have no intent on winning games, when you're not putting forth a competitive team, that's bad for baseball, and there's ways to fix that. So we're going to get into that. But when the economic benefits of manipulating the system outweigh the sporting benefits of fielding the best possible team, it's broken, and it's the time has come to change this system. So we talked a little bit about the owners, uh, but through this collective bargaining agreement coming up. Uh, in addition to teams building off of draft picks, you have this idea of free agency, right? This has been the, the golden ticket. Uh, you know, the player's reward for enduring everything. Uh, 10 years, $350, all guaranteed. Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, Garrett Cole, uh, Mike Trout. These are This is what every baseball player now sees within their grasp. You also have the Chris Davis. Yep. Everybody remembers that in Baltimore. Uh, so, so what is the price? You know, essentially you gut it out most likely for five years in the minors making peanuts, probably driving for Uber on the side. You finally get called up to the major league team. You spend the next two to three years of, you know, team control with no arbitration at all. Now, again, Right now, those players are getting paid about 550, 560 thousand dollars in a regular season, but you know what happens in 2020 when that gets prorated down to 45 percent, I think it was something like that, or 32 uh, percent. It wasn't nearly you know the the half a million dollars that they were hoping to get. Um, and then after that, uh, it's, they go into arbitration, where a team may or may not decide to pay them. Hey, you know what? Renato Nunez, I know that you've worked your ass off, you've uh, been hella productive here as a designated hitter for the Orioles, but you're coming into arbitration, and you know what, you're just not that backup first baseman that I was hoping for, so um, good luck out there. Zero reward for these guys who have slugged it, you know, through the minor leagues, you know, been with the team where, you know, in hopes of kind of at least getting to that arbitration phase, forget free agency. Uh, and it's going to be a slog, an uphill slog for them, especially when you get to a team like the Orioles. Who, you know, hey, you know what? We're still in a rebuild process, so all of you arbitration eligible guys, you either take the the low ball offer that we're going to give you, or you're going to have to go out there and fight it out with the 20 or 25 teams that still want to be competitive, because uh, there, there's still plenty of teams just like us who have no interest in fielding a World Series team or even a playoff caliber team. So we're going to hold off on paying anybody any type of high arbitration salaries. So, hey, Adam Jones, he seems to like Japan, right? Slug it out. You know, maybe maybe you can go and have a nice retirement in Korea or Japan. Uh, or come back. You know, these guys that are 35 years old still signing minor league contracts for 800000 you know, with a couple incentives built in there. Hello, Wade LeBlanc and Tommy Malone. But you know, just this idea that that free agency was a golden ticket. You know, that, I think that was five to eight years ago, and the the players' association have now kind of gotten wise to hey, we got duped in that during the last collective bargaining agreement, and they better have an idea of what they want to, when they get to the table to be able to fix that going forward because today's baseball. With the advent of the shifts, uh, higher spin rates and war, the math tells owners that it's not worth rewarding the kid that you drafted out of high school who spent 10 years slogging it out in Aberdeen, Fredericksburg, uh, Bowie, Norfolk, everywhere everywhere else, uh, who spent three years under team control making the minimum and another three years under arbitration where he might have been scared not to take your low ball offer. Because at the end of the day, and again, like most of us, myself included, you're just a number to a corporation and you can be replaced quite easily with a cheaper version. So let's kind of take a quick look. What are the baseball players' biggest beefs? First and foremost, suppressed salaries. Uh, again, that's, that's ultimately what they're looking to kind of I- increase on. Two, and this goes back into the same, the money bucket, but manipulated service time. Did anybody else feel like Ryan Mountcastle needed to work on his left field defense before getting called up this year? What an absolute joke. And you know what? It, it frustrates me that, that the front office won't just admit it and say, yeah, we wanted to keep him for another year and pay him peanuts because he's that good. Uh, it it I, I think it's, it, they're not, look, it's like these guys that uh, pay little to nothing in income tax it's not their fault they're not making the rules they're just following the rules as it's been set out so there's got to be a a, a shift there and then any of these players as 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 great as they are uh, as mouthpieces for the organization but the if you're ever caught up in a team that's rebuilding this idea like oh that's an opportunity for these young guys well look it might be an opportunity for some, but for a lot of the older guys, it's a red flag that you'll be cut immediately in favor of somebody else that's younger uh, that they'll have longer under team control. So I think those are the main three things that the Players Association are going to look to deal with, to handle. Uh, you know what? looks like we're right at 20 minutes. I have no idea if you guys found that interesting or not. Uh, but I think that there's some, some other ideas that's going to come up for this next CBA. Things like earlier uh, arbitration. Another wild idea uh, in the amateur draft, um, and, and we'll kind of talk into that. And you know that was something that uh, Tony Clark suggested about a year ago. Um, and again, although they don't really get a vote with the players' association, something needs to be done with minor league baseball. And I've got an idea around that. So we're going to talk about that and, and several other things next week. So hope you guys kind of enjoyed this. Uh, if not, uh, don't listen, but I just like the duck a Baltimore Orioles podcast.